Welcome back to the Warhammer 40k Lorecast. My name is Mango. I am your host, and with me tonight is the Almighty Crit. Hi. <laughs> Today we're going to be finishing up what we started last week, but I just could not stop talking about Space Marines. You mean Space Smurfs? Yeah, Space Smurfs. <laughs> Are you ready to get into it tonight, Crit? I have never been more ready in my entire life. I'm ready to learn. I am super excited to learn about some of these more uh, over the show notes. You basically sent me some really off the wall, not normal human esque factions. And I'm ready to get into these. Oh yeah. It's time for what every human hates the aliens and also other humans. Everybody hates everybody. <laughs> Welcome to 40 K. Let's get into it. Boom. All right. Which faction are we talking first? I am going to start off with the cream of the crop. Mm. Top of the pecking order. Mm. Technically, the chaos gods. <gasps> chaos. First is it might not be everybody's favorite, but it's definitely everybody's favorite to scream. That is corn. <laughs> <laughs> He's got everyone's favorite saying which is blood for the blood god, skulls for the skull throne. You literally, if corn is involved in anything that is screamed by someone somewhere, even if it's by like one three-legged chihuahua running down a hallway, <laughs> it will grow a voice box to scream this if it's the only one they're worshiping corn. They go nuts for it. Now, knowing that, what do you think he's the god of? The blood god? That's what they scream. Blood for the blood god. So here's a hint. The chaos gods. There's only a few of them. And they all very much are gods of more of concepts than of individual oh. things. Well, then I'm going to have to go straight into it and say war because blood skulls throne of skulls. Yeah, definitely war. That screams war. What's really interesting is he's the god of strawberry fields and specifically like happy rainbows <laughs> none of the like leprechaun bullshit just like full rain just you know light spectrums I think you're I think you're, I think you're just mad because it got it right <laughs> yeah you kind of ruined my whole spiel you're not supposed to know anything what the fuck Chris? <laughs> listen I may or may not have looked this one up specifically <laughs> it's war hatred blood wrath martial art honor strength murder etc the fun thing about the chaos gods is although they are the quote unquote bad guys, that doesn't necessarily make them pure evil. Because like I said, it's not just the god of hatred and murder. You're looking at martial honor, honor in combat, just pure strength, like strength of the spirit, bench pressing, whatever. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, it's in the name chaos gods. I mean, they're not inherently just evil. It's chaos, so it's both good and evil at the same time neutral. Like it, it's it's in the name chaos. That's fair. Yeah. And the fun thing about 40k is there is no good god or evil god. Unless you're talking about the Eldar, but even still they've got their own fucky wuckies. <laughs> the next god we're gonna talk about is Zinch, which is super fun to say. I'm just gonna tell you his name is spelled T Z E E N C H. That's the only information I'm going to give you. What do you think he's the god of? Okay. Um, 
I don't I don't know the god of acting. I I don't know. You may technically be right. You're <laughs> really? Definitely, you're definitely not. But if there was a god of acting, I'm not bringing the laughing god into this. I will talk about him later. His people are all mm-hmm. Harlequins. Zinch is the god of change, mutations, ambition, sorcery, lies, intrigue. He also, for some reason, people who worship him get turned into birds a lot. That's not a really important fact. It's just something that I feel people should know. And I'm not talking, he doesn't just turn you into a canary. I'm just saying you'll be like a regular person with like a spoonbill beak. Or you'll be walking around on like one regular leg and one taloned leg. Or you'll just have crazy feathers everywhere. It's, it's weird. Well, I, I do want to go into that because I did see something image wise when I looked him up. Because I tried not to go too much into the detail of the information. But mm. he's very much a bird. Yep. A long necked, like, think every weird bird you've ever seen in your life combined into one. That's exactly what this guy looks like. I should point out that I, if memory serves, technically speaking, no one has met a chaos god with the exception of potentially the emperor. So any pictures and depictions you find are based off of like, not like they're not necessarily fan made, but they're all like, like depictions as seen by regular people. It's like people who draw Jesus or draw, draw God. Wow. That's, that's a lot to swallow because Gorn was definitely like this big, heavy suited armored knight with like, demon-esque features and fire coming out of his helmet. Like, he was very much the embodiment of a devil. Yeah, a ghostwriter. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, okay. Alright. Next one is gonna be my second favorite Chaos God. Okay. His name is Nurgle. I've heard of this one. Big Papa Nerps. (laughs) Grandfather Sticky. The guy from the Mucinex commercials. Oh, gross. (laughs) He is the god of disease, decay, despair, destruction, death, and rebirth. And he has, I'm just going to spit this out. He has some interesting followers because in their eyes, they're all super fucked up, covered in like pustules. They're vomiting and they're like in one of the Space Wolf books, the Space Wolves fight a greater demon of Nurgles. And he literally like snot rockets minions at him and like they have to fight snot rocket minions it's disgusting but despite all of that in their mind they're making the world a better place because they're making everybody like the same they're taking away disease by giving all disease and it's just they're not like super malicious they're like join the grandfather's embrace he, he just wants everybody to feel loved yeah they're very i've looked at some images of those they're very much if you're interested in zombies that's pretty close it, they're, they're not all zombies, but they definitely have some very zombie-esque features. Like one of the space marines I'm seeing, like his organs are kind of like hanging out. Anyone who plays Dark Tide, the big bad is Nurgle's minions. Oh, okay. So that's where I've seen all these before. Okay, that makes sense. Nurgle himself is very much everything in his followers too it's very pustule nasty looking he like, looks like the guy from the Musinex commercials yeah exactly it <laughs> <laughs> on steroids 
<laughs> okay, so Nurgle is diseased and gross. But also, you know, full of love. He just wants a hug. And to turn you into a zombie. <laughs> well, yeah, but only if you want to. Only if you want to. The fourth one we're going to talk about is Slanesh. Slanesh is the newest Chaos God. She was in the greatest scream of thing very recently created. She is the personification of hentai tentacles. <laughs> she, it's like being around her is like having sex with a pencil sharpener and thinking it's the greatest thing you've ever felt until the moment you die. Real big on death by Snoo Snoo. Oh, gosh. She or he, it is hermaphroditic, is the god of pleasure, pain, hedonism, excess, perfection, decadence. Just very like lavish. Essentially, just anything that makes you feel good or looks good, things like that. Okay, so uh, I want to comment on these followers too. They very much look like what you would think if you crossed insects, vampires, and any of the Cenobites from Hellraiser series together. That makes sense. They're gross, yet I'm intrigued to possibly have an army of them because of how cool they look. Nerdy biker. The, the marines that he likes to play worships the Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I am actually going to talk about a fifth chaos god, oh. which is going to drive some people insane. But I don't care because I love this theory. It is not technically a theory because it is mentioned in some books. However, it is not canonical, despite being canonical. Very strange thing. His name is Malice or Malal. He is only mentioned in like like two, maybe three books, and it's very low key. But he is the embodiment of chaos's indiscriminate and anarchic tendency towards destruction, even of itself and its own agents. This is the only chaos god that actively goes after other chaos gods. There are some rivalries and some friendships between the other four. But Malice goes out of it. It it only cares about just pure chaos. It's not. This does not, of course, mean that it's helping any of the like humans or Xenos. It just it does, to my knowledge, spend the majority of its time in the warp because it's going after the other chaos gods a lot. Okay, that's. (laughs) Crazy. So, good. So, okay. So, question here. So, we've talked about five chaos gods. Mm-hmm. So, here's here's the real question: What the hell are they here for? <laughs> like, what started all of their descent into this? So, well, three of the chaos gods. Possibly four. You really, again, there's not much known about Malice, but we're going to stick to the, the primary four. Three of them have essentially been around since the dawn of time. Um, the other one was created by the elves accidentally. We'll get more into that um, because it is a big part of why there's five factions of elves or Aldari. It's not elves because we're in space. Essentially, the warp is just kind of the ether it's a it's a different dimension uh, kind Mm -hmm. of and the chaos gods occupy a very small part of the ether or the warp 
called chaos. And then a whole bunch of shit happened, essentially just as time goes by. Each chaos god grows more powerful directly from what they govern. So as long as there's a war, corn is gaining power. As long as people are changing in any form or way, as long as there's magic, as long as people are lying, Zeech is growing more powerful. If people be fucking, Slanesh is growing more powerful. <laughs> if, any, if As long as there's, you know, assholes sneezing on a cheeseburger when somebody else ain't looking, Nurgle's growing more powerful. And the, the more that happens, the larger Chaos's influence over the warp grew. Okay. That's, that's kind of the cliff notes about the... It's really hard to explain the warp because even in the lore, the way the warp is described is unexplainable. Like, if you spend... There's things called Geller Fields because when the fast travel in this isn't like a warp drive or anything, they travel through the warp. They basically cross dimensions until they get to a location and cross out of it. And if the Geller Field goes down, people lose their fucking minds because they just cannot comprehend what's happening. Because it, it is the warp is it's not meant for mortal eyes, not meant for conscious perception. It's kind of like if we as four dimensional beings try to look into the sixth dimension. I don't know what the fuck, you know, I don't even know what constitutes four dimensions, much less five or six. Yeah. So basically the reason that they're doing what they're doing is to expand their portfolio and their powers. Uh, yes and no. I would, I, the only stipulation I would put is that they are not doing it to do that. They're doing that because that is what they are. Corn is war. He doesn't just get stronger because of war. He literally is the embodiment of war. Sled, I should be fucking. That's she doesn't do what she does. You know what I mean? That's that's all it is. They are what they govern. So it's not necessarily because they want to. It's they're not going out of their way to do things to become more powerful. Mm-hmm. It's just a fun little side effect. They're not okay. against it. They fight each other all the time because, of course, if if a dude has had cancer for six years and he's right about to die, and then a dude kicks at his door and stabs him in the face. Corn's going to get that soul instead of Nurgle. So, of course, they're fighting each other for stuff like that. Okay, yeah. But I, I would not say that they are doing it specifically to grow more powerful. Okay. Well, back on track slightly, and we can be done with the Chaos Gods. <laughs> I actually have a fun, interesting fact for you that I found. I'm so excited. You brought up Malal. Yes. Okay. So... Do you actually know why Malal is kind of frowned upon in the community? I have seen tidbits, mostly a lot of people that I have seen view Malal as he's just a throwaway god. He's just an excuse Mm. to be like, okay, well, these people don't worship a specific god, so we'll just throw them to him. So I know he's kind of frowned upon for that reason. Do you have a more specific one? Yes. So... Back in 1988, sorry, 1986, there was a comic book series that was created featuring Malal. Interesting. However, it was not a partnership series with Games Workshop. Mm. So when Games Workshop used Malal, there was a issue with the copyright because... 
hence the canon, not canon. Mm-hmm. Because the debacle. It started first in 1986 when uh, actually it started first in 1983 when the first appearance of Malal was featured in Games Workshop's works. And then shortly after that, in 1983, Malal was also announced as a main kind of stayed character for this comic book series. 1985 was the first production of both of them having actual, you know, canon, quote unquote, applications of Malal. And it just kind of progressed there until 1988 when Games Workshop finally said, you know what, we're just not going to include anything because neither one of us can figure out who actually owns the rights to the concept of Malal. After that, it was kind of canon, not canon. Uh, as far as I could find in my research, there was no lawsuits pursued by either party. Um, and Malal wasn't brought up again until 1995 in the Warhammer Fantasy role-playing supplements. And it was very lightly touched upon. And there from th- then on, he pretty much is very loosely mentioned here and there. He's mentioned again in third edition. And you know, it's just very subtle hints sometimes in a, in a book series. But that is kind of where the canon, not canon battle came from. So there you go. Interesting fact drop for you. What I'm hearing is Malal is like Star Wars Legends. <laughs> Disney Games Workshop was salty. They couldn't get 100% rights to everything. So they put it on the back burner, but it's still super popular. And mm-hmm. you can't get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Hashtag Team Malal. <laughs> big, f- big fan of open chaos. So whenever I learned about Malal, I was like, let's go. Well, and the cool thing is, is that unlike other content creators in this spectrum, Games Workshop hasn't completely walked away from it. They just are loosely referring to it, but not by name. So they're just, they're just they're, kind of saying, yeah, pure chaos exists and we are sure it has a face, but we're not going to tell you its name and we're not going to tell you what it looks like. That's fair. They're so, the of being sued. Exactly. It's kind of <laughs> like um, TSR and Dungeons and Dragons from Wizards. It was kind of that kind of back and forth. So yeah. I, th- I, I found that and thought, ooh, this is pretty interesting. I'm going to bring this up. That is actually really cool. <laughs> so anyway, I'm done interrupting. Go ahead. What do we got next? No, that, that's fine. Uh, that is all I have for Chaos Gods. And okay. I explained the warp. I just wanted to do that to make it a little bit easier for some of these other factions. From here on out, fair warning, no particular order. These are just how I typed them. So I would not forget the factions. Next up, we're going to go over the orc clans who crit hates because they talk funny and he can't read their words. That's not true at all. I actually <laughs> like the orcs. One hundred percent. That's word for word what he told me. Offset. Uh, mm, off oh, I can't wait. Let's talk about the. Uh, I, I even have a quote here ready. I'm ready to talk about it. This is a house rule. You can only read orc uh, quotes and orc accent. All right, I'm ready. You ready? There we go. There we go. There we go. <laughs> what the fuck just Deal came with out it. of you? <laughs> D&D, baby. <laughs> I, if you say so, I, that was 
actually they're they're more like um they're they're really weird (laughs) i've heard them talk and i love it i feel like i got a steve harvey after that accent just like (laughs) walk away real quick (laughs) i'm just stuck on it i can't (laughs) anyway (laughs) these are called orc clans first one we're gonna go off is the goths these represent the largest and most aggressive they are usually biggest baddest meanest they pretty much like all orcs pretty much only care about close combat they just use guns as a means to getting closer to someone else when it comes to goths most of the time a kill isn't a kill unless you kill them with their bare hands type shit okay makes sense the evil sons are the the rednecks (laughs) they love pretty much more than anything speed gotta get them zoomies in Nine times out of ten, these are the ones who wind up in the, I think they're called speed freaks. So there's orc clans, which is kind of what you're born into. That's your, a clan, it's a clan, you know what a clan is. Yeah. But there, once, you, once you're in your clan, once you join a wa, which a wa is what they call groups that go into war. They, okay. It's, uh, it, wa means a lot of things. It's, it's like uh, ua in the military. Oh, okay. Yeah. Except they scream it when they go into combat, but it's also what they call their group and it's it's a whole thing. But basically there's groups inside of the wall, like the speed freaks and things like that who it, it it's it's your MOS. It's your job. It's what you you go, it's what you'd like to do. And okay. again, we'll go we'll go over that a little bit more in depth once we get to the orcs because the orcs have shockingly deep lore and it is the craziest shit you've ever heard. imagination honestly just to make a lot of people happy including myself it might be the next episode i would love that i would love nothing more than to explore orcs all right you guys heard it here first we're doing orcs next week i (laughs) want i want to talk about the color red and imagination Uh, imagination (laughs) i vote we try to force ariel to find a way to put SpongeBob in Space Marine armor. So for one episode, we have a different title screen. <laughs> the next ones we're going to talk about, the next clan we're going to talk about is the Badmans. This is the richest clan, and that's because their teeth grow faster than anyone else's. And I want to be clear, that's teeth with an F. <laughs> Uh, it even says in the bio the orcish economy such as it is based on teeth which are literally orc teeth (laughs) for reference uh, teeth is money in orc culture (laughs) and orcs have like shark teeth they grow back over time so they, they do collect teeth from anyone like any, to my knowledge, any any tooth is a good tooth. Um, but the most uh, orc orc teeth is like gold, and it would be like humans are like silver, that type of shit. Oh wow! Next clan is the snake bites. They're considered a backwards clan, even by like even even orcs think these are guys are like. You guys need to learn what a cell phone is. <laughs> Pretty much all of them just stay almost completely feral these are the guys that are like these are worshiping gods that that aren't gork and mork they're 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 the ones that are like yelling kalima and throwing hearts into volcanoes 
That's the snake bites. And the reason they're called snake bites, if I remember correctly, this is I don't I don't remember reading this, so I could be lying, but I'm almost positive I'm not. They're called snake bite because in order to become an adult, you have to get bit by an incredibly uh, venomous snake and survive. Wow. So yeah, it, you're 100 right. I found it in the research. Uh, f- to become a full membership in the tribe, you have to deal with an extremely poisonous serpent biting. You have to goat the serpent to bite you. And then you have to suck out the venom to prove your resilience in order to join this clan. That's snake ridiculous. Are, <laughs> the snake bites are hardcore. A lot of people fear orcs. Do you remember when you joined the army and they gave you a little how-to book of just like basic? Oh yeah, and, yeah. And like, did you ever deploy? Oh yeah. Did they ever teach you, like? You're going to this town. The region is like this. So you want to mm-hmm. make sure to avoid these bugs. Bah, 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 bah. The Astra Militarum has one of those. And it's the funniest shit you've ever read. I want to do a full episode about it because it's crazy. But just as an idea, I, I, do you have a description of an orc pulled up? Uh, yes. I'm going to pull up uh, the free boots, uh, the free booters, free booters. The free Buddhas. yeah. There's no ER in the orc language. Come on. <laughs> I, just, I, I, want, I want a very clinical description of an orc. So I can tell you uh, what the Astro Militarum says about. Okay, so greenish skinned, large was it large fanged? Uh, they're cell swords. These this specific clan is a bunch of cell swords. Yeah, they wear primitive clothing or tattered clothing, and sometimes they utilize old or outdated tech. Is there anything about their size? Not this description. No. Orcs are typically described as larger than space marines. Oh my god. Both in mass and height. (laughs) According to the Astra Militarum little handbook, they are tiny. They're terrified of everything. They're weak in close combat. Don't use guns. (laughs) So like... (laughs) So, okay, here, here's here's an actual description. Green skin, savage, warlike, with bestial, asexual humanoids that spread across all of the galaxy. They, Their physiological features are both animal and fungi. I can't wait to talk about that. And are larger than most of their enemies. Yep. Crazy shit. And... <laughs> And the handbook says, nah, they're just tiny little things. It's to the point that literally when like fresh recruits come in and they're like, they're like, all right, we're about to go fight orcs. Everybody gear up. Fresh recruits half the time are just like, oh, thank God. I was worried I was going to be in danger in my first deployment. And anyone who has survived more than one battle with orcs, it just looks, it just looks at them and basically laughs. (laughs) Which to be fair, to be fair in the Imperial Guard, you're expected to die. You're considered a veteran soldier if you survive one ba- one battle, but one deployment. That's ridiculous. Yep, we'll get more into that. There's, a, I keep wanting to say things, but yeah, we'll, we'll get. We're gonna do yeah. orcs next episode. We'll leave. We'll leave the orcs alone because this is exciting. I can't wait to talk about orc pirates. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> the next clan is the Blood Axes. Now these are typically pretty much hated by other orcs 
And it's literally for only one reason. They are considered incredibly untrustworthy by other orcs. And it's only because they trade with pretty much anyone who will trade to include the Imperium. And whereas the rest of the orcs are just like, kill them and take it. The blood, the blood axes are like, why not trade? Get their better weapons. And then if we feel like it, kill them and take our shit back. And that one tiny little distinct thing is why a lot of orcs do not like blood axes. And they'll also, oh, I forgot about this. Sorry. Uh, they also are known to parlay or even retreat if they know they're not going to win, which is super frowned upon with every other clan. Wow. Okay, that's a new one. Next clan we're going to talk about is the Death Skulls. Oh, it sounds crazy. They're pretty simple. They're the looters, scavengers. <laughs> they borrow shit from people, they'll scrounge, whatever. They just, they don't do much. They just kind of like fringe. Mm-hmm. I will say this much. I did find something interesting about them is that they keep other intelligent races' teeth as luck charms. Zero surprise there. I didn't know that. <laughs> Could not be less surprised. <laughs> but that's the orcs. Those are the those are the clans. Okay. I'm ready to talk about all of them next episode. <laughs> next faction we're gonna go over is the Necrons. Necrons are fun because like ten years ago they were Terminators. Like they had an ability in the game called I'll be back. What? Yep. And then GW was like, that sucks. And then retconned all of that shit. And now they're like weird Egyptian robot full of soul. They had, they fleshed about it. They have a really good, really deep storyline now. There's not too, too much I can go into without giving a ton of stuff away. So I'm just going to tell you what they're mostly used for in the 40k board game. Because okay. that gives you that, that'll give you a really good idea about them, without giving a ton of stuff away for for a more in depth episode. And the only reason I'm doing this is because Necrons are split up into dynasties. But even with that, there's not a ton of separate like separate lore. Mm. Like even though there's different dynasty, the different dynasties do different stuff, but it's all very closely tied together. So we've got the Mefrit dynasty. These guys specialize in close to medium combat. Okay. We have the Nefric dynasty. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and preface this. These are, again, from, from my, what it looks like to me, very Egyptian words. It may surprise you to know that I don't speak Egyptian. And uh, translated into English, I'm sure these are weird as hell, too. But those guys basically can turn to light, making it hard to hit them in the game. Like they, they have like this weird armor that kind of makes them almost translucent. Gets kind of crazy. Basically in the game, it translates to getting a six plus invulnerable save. And what that means, uh, crit, is no matter what happens, you have to you have to roll a six. You have to roll to beat a six in order to even hit them. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Uh, next, we have the Nihilok dynasty. 
specializing in objective play, which means in gameplay, there's not just combat. They're play. They're like, like it's kind of like capture the flag. Mm-hmm. These guys give you bonuses to if you're if you if you're holding a flag, you get more points. 40k is a point based game. Yeah. Even if you even if you wipe out the enemy team, you could still lose if they manage to get more points than you. Probably won't, but you could. <laughs> uh, next up, we have the Novo Dynasty. These guys are full close combat. Uh, the Sautek Sautek Dynasty specialize in medium ranged combat. And then we have I am I could not tell you what the fuck this word is. I'm going to say Zercon Dynasty. The dynasty that the Silent King is from who leads all of the Necrons. Um, have you ever... Do you know who Modok is? Oh, yeah. Um, think Modok's chair. <laughs> but sitting in it is Professor Farnsworth. If he was, <laughs> if he wasn't, like, insane. But also oh kind of crazy. <laughs> uh, and these guys uh, specialize in making... They, they make all of the like best Necron war gear, armor, weapons, that kind of stuff. Okay. I say, because what I found is there is a ton of different dynasties. I mean, a ton of different dynasties. Oh, yeah. There's, there's, these are, these are the like top, these are like the noble, the noble, mm-hmm. noble dynasties. There is like, like anything else, there is 141. There's, there's, I'm sure there's a dynasty where it's just, um, you know, Joe Bob, Billy Bo, and it's just him, and he's like, "This is my dynasty." <laughs> <laughs> but these are these are the ones that um, you're going to hear the most about mm. that do that that are pulling most of the strings, things like that. I will say, when I saw images of these guys, and I kind of got to see them in action in the um, mobile game. They're pretty cool. They're like skeleton armor. They're very reminiscent of the Terminator. I mean, yes, they didn't change. They are definitely much cooler ever since the revamp. They didn't. They didn't necessarily take away the whole robot thing because that's their whole spiel. Mm-hmm. They just made it so they were more than just like lifeless automatons that came back. They were essentially the Vox from Destiny. Yep. Before the revamp. I say they're very, very much. I would say way cooler now. In 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 appearance, I don't know much about the backstory of it. We'll get there, but they're very much. I'd say I've looked at some old and new. They look a lot more fleshed out in the new. One hundred percent. Before the revamp, I could not tell you how little like I would probably make fun of someone who played them before. If you played them before the revamp, it's more like we get it. You like robots anyone else (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh okay so that's necrons uh i will say green oh yeah green very much that lime green like weirdly like necrotic energy coming out of the robots even their (laughs) guns and their lasers and everything else they utilize weapon system wise yeah very much lime green just that necrotic green but anyway so who's next on our list 
Next faction we're going to go over is the base Astra Militarum. Real quick, you'll hear us talk about the Astra Militarum and the Imperial Guard. That is the same thing. I don't think, and I could be, I could, I'm sure I'm wrong about this. I don't think there is a in lore reason there's a difference. The real reason is they were called the Imperial Guard. And then George Lucas was like, go fuck yourself. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so they changed it to Astra Militarum because Imperial, like the Imperials. Mm-hmm. The Imperials. You know what I mean? Um, so they had to make some changes due to that. So it Not- sounds like we need to do an episode of behind the scenes of how many times Games Workshops made somebody right. else mad. <laughs> I mean, we could do an episode on just retcons. These guys like to change their mind. I mean, you ever seen the movie The Butterfly Effect? <laughs> if yes. you haven't, the moral of the story is every time a butterfly beats its wings, Games Workshop makes a change to something they already created. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm not going to go into a huge... I'm, I'm just going to list a ton of the the named... I don't want to call them factions, kind of squads or like groups of companies. For those mm-hmm. of you who know anything about military, these would be the companies, essentially. It'll list off a bunch of them. The reason is to show how big the human faction is. It's classified as a horde race with the orcs and the nids. For reference, if anybody's played Vermintide or anything like that, the Skaven are also considered a horde race. So the humans are right there with them. So a horde race is just like a bountiful, plentiful race. We're talking every planet, nearly every planet that humanity is on. There are trillions of humans on there. Holy cow. Uh, So we're just going to, with the exception of a a few of these, I'm going to give a little detail on just because I think they're really cool. Um, but we've got the Armageddon Steel Legion, the Adelan Rough Riders, the Cadian Shock Troopers. Cadian Shock Troopers, they're from Cadia, obviously. The last reported so recently, this is just going to keep you hooked. Their planet exploded because a, a crazy dude drove a ship into it. And as these people were fighting in space and on the planet, and as the planet was literally ripping into chunks, you could still see LAS rifle fire firing because they they didn't stop fighting even as the planet exploded and the last reported things being said by the troops was Cadia broke before the guard did which is (laughs) I don't care about the Astra Militarum they're just basic people but holy shit that is metal (laughs) that is metal as fuck we kicked your ass before you kicked ours the last thing that people like in, in, in space or anyone that was like flying above the atmosphere or anything like that, the last thing that was heard by the people on the planet as the atmosphere ruptured and the planet exploded and fire consumed the planet, all that funness, the last thing anyone could hear was the survivors still fighting, screaming at the top of their lungs, Cadia stands forever. My God. Which is just fucking dope <laughs> yeah okay mad respect mad respect anyway Katachan jungle fighters Katachan's another one that I'm, I'm, I think is really cool they're basically they specialize in guerrilla warfare specializing in ambushes with like knives and last carbines which last carbines you know what a rifle is you know what a yeah. carbine is yeah they just throw the word LAS in front of them because they shoot lasers instead of bullets. Oh, yeah. The, the concept didn't change in the slightest. Um, they're usually sent to Death Worlds, which I kind of explained because of the Space Wolves. 
or hazardous worlds, which are similar to death worlds, but they're li- they're livable. They're just like surrounded by toxic gas or something like that. Next up, we're going to go with the, uh, this is genuinely probably everyone's favorite Astro Militarium faction. And if your dad ever forced you to sit through eight hours of World War II on the History Channel, this is what he would play. Okay. The Death Corps of Krieg. Ever seen German shoulder, soldiers in a trench coat from World War II? Mm-hmm. Gas masks, all that? Yep. That's the, that's the Death Corps of Krieg. Oh. Um, the only difference... The only difference between these guys, like aesthetically, between these guys and like Germans from World War II. Is there not Nazis? (laughs) Shockingly. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) They are not Nazis. They are completely obsessed with dying. Not with death. With dying. Wow. Okay. These guys. So every group in the Astro Militarum, I don't want to say quite every squad, but it's definitely less than a company has something assigned to them called a commissar. The commissar's job is basically if you're if a, if a wave of orcs is charging you and you panic and you retreat, he'll shoot you in the back of the head. You, you kill all Fuck. your enemies. Yeah, you, you you kill all your enemies or you die or you will die for your emperor. That's all there is to it. If you're if you're going to die, you're going to go you're going to die fighting. No ifs ands or buts. There are very specific, but I should say very few circumstances where that is not the case. One of them is with the Death Corps of Creek. Competents will shoot them if they try too hard to die. These guys will charge, uh, think trench warfare, think no man's land. These guys will just be like, I really feel like shooting anymore. We're going to charge them. They don't carry they don't carry bayonets either. They're very famous for killing people with shovels, like the trowel you use to dig trenches. And the commandant, the the commissars will be like, "Fuck it, stop! We need you in the trench. Stop!" <laughs> <laughs> but these guys specialize in trench warfare, hence the gas masks, things like that. Okay. Next up, we got the Elysian drop troops. Morty and Iron Guard, the Talarn Desert Raiders, Tenuth First and Only, Valhalla Ice Warriors, Vostroyan Firstborn, the 13th Penal Legion. I could have just said Penal Legions, but I'm going to talk about the 13th Penal Legion because we're doing a fucking episode. If I ever get you to read a book, it'll be about these people. I don't read. (laughs) (laughs) I said if. And I'm going to mail you one page at a time. So Penal Legions are... Exactly what they sound like. If you run away, hell, on, on most planets, if you get caught stealing, they'll either be like, you can either die, you can rot away in prison, or, or you can join a penal legion, serve for X amount of time, and if you survive, you'll be free. Most of the time, that is like serve for 10 years, serve for two years, depending on your crime. Uh, the 13th penal legion were special forces they threw prisoners at. They had a rule. They are called the last chancers. They had a rule, which is if you survive three battles, you get a full pardon. And we'll even like you if you were a general and you got caught running away, full pardon, you'll get your position back. The half the time they'll even send you wherever you want to go as long as you did a good enough job. Um, but the reason they had that rule is because in the in the entirety of the time 
that the last chancers have been active, which up to the last book I read was decades, if not hundreds of years, a hundred years, about a century. Only one person who was not the commissar in charge. The commissar in charge always survived. He's a badass. Love him. Other than him, there's only one actual prisoner that ever, ever survived. Um, these guys were so badass they were playable for a while. There's there's minis out there for them. I'm actually looking at those minis out right now. They look really bad because they were made. Oh, they're time. terrible, terrible. <laughs> but the names on some of these: Colonel Schaefer, Grease Monkey, Shiv, Scope, Warrior so- Woman. <laughs> All of those are supposed to be based off of actual characters from some of the books. Okay. Um, but they had, so that, that specific group is from a book where in order to instill camaraderie, everybody got nicknames based off of their skill set. Oh, so it's supposed to be like a real badass, like, but, but like grease monkey, I think was just a, a phenomenal pilot and mechanic, et cetera, et cetera. Um, uh, there's no way I don't do an episode about them. So don't you worry. <laughs> then we've got the Athlonian Tunnel Rats, the Fayburn, the Fayburn Vanquishers, uh, Harkani Warhawks, Indigen Prefects, Canox Skulltakers, Morden Acid Dogs, Miasman Red Cows, Praetorian Guards, Savlar Kim Dogs, Terax Guard, Truscan Snowhounds, Ventrillian Nobles, Vesh Grenaders. And the last one I'm going to cover, this is not, this is the R part of the Astra Militarum, but it's really weird because we're getting back into the whole humanity's weirdly racist thing. These are called, they're literally called abhumans because of the environmental effects of certain planets. Mutations occur because that's how evolution works. So we have these, these are some of the ones there that's called acceptable levels of mutation. They are treated as a sub race, but they are used. So we've got the Ogrens, which uh, typically they're they're bigger than an orc. They are dumb as a bag of rocks, just <laughs> just real fucking stupid. But they're uh, they're they they're typically used for muscle. Like if you like, there's most of the time they'll be like, they'll look at an auger and be like, I need you to hold this hallway and they'll like rip a turret off a tank and just stand there with it. And you'll just give them the order, stand here. Don't let anybody go by. They'll use that turret until it runs out of ammo. They'll just keep standing there, just beating the shit out of people until they die. Uh, then we have ratlings, which is the exact opposite. Typically incredibly intelli- intelligent, very tiny people. You're talking like gnomish from D&D Tiny. Yeah, I'm looking at it. It says here that they're used typically as snipers or stealth operatives. Snipers, yep. Because they'll like crawl into really weird locations or like hang from the ceiling or something. Um, and snipe people. And then this is not canon, but it is in my mind because technically, technically it's possible. And I think it's hilarious um, this is a fan theory, but it has never been disproven. Cat girls. It's never been disproven. It's just, it's a fan theory of somebody who really wants cat girls in the 40k universe. There is no mention of them, 
but there is a ton of mention of making biological changes through science or mutations, things like that. Uh, there's a space marine group. They're very small. They're literal shark people. <laughs> and that one's real. You can look that shit up. That's, uh, I, I love think, it. I think, I think they're called catadons or something like that. Yeah. Cat girls. It's a thing. Oh, my God. Well, okay. On that note, now we can go to a mid-break. Oh, now we can go to a mid-break. <laughs> Hello. Welcome to our next fun little mid-break. We got some fun-filled things. I was going to say fuel-filled for some reason. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Aaron, I'm going to start off with you. Oh, it's my turn first? Yeah. I know you like to talk. All right, here we go. You're you ready? only do it in 37 other podcasts. Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I know that your studio can get a little musky sometimes, you know? You're sitting in there for long hours, you're editing, you're chilling, you're doing your gaming, and sometimes you just want a delicious scent in the air, or maybe just the scent of pure chaos. Sir, I bring to you a various assortment of scents that you can get from Merchoid. I'm just picturing like somebody walked through like somebody put a tool shed in the middle of a locker room and it's just this sweet musk of like ball sweat and rage. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I think you just explains just... the scent of space marines. Gross. All right. So <laughs> on, on Merchoid for $22.99 each. You can get different scents. So we have the scent of Slanesh. We have the Astra Militarum, Space Marines, Tau Ethereal, and Tyranids. And it does not give me any description of the scent at all other than uh, Slanesh says Soporific Musk. Astra Militarum says Katachan Potpourri. Uh, I think it's supposed to say potpourri. <laughs> That's them. I mean, that would make a lot more sense. Hey, listen, hey, I can't read. Uh, <laughs> Space Marines is Dark Angels Tallow. The scent of I, it's cut off here, but I I can't I can't quite make it out. Uh, Tower Thrill as pheromones, the scent of expansion. And Tyranids is Toxicrine spores, the scent of the Great Devourer. So, uh, yeah, the best part about all this is, yes, it's $22.99 on Merchoid, but if you buy three or more of these, you automatically get a 20% discount. Honestly, Crit, how would you feel about buying a bunch of these and including it in with the Patreon packages? <sighs> it might be a possibility. I, I'm looking at it going, I, I would like one of these burning in my studio. And then... <laughs> We can just do just like a we can do like a mystery box type deal. Oh. Just blind, blind reach into a bag. We'll have to. Oh no! So you you said this, and I found more candles. There's a lot more to pick from. Nurgle corn. Uh, we have the dark angels. Corn with a K, or am I just gonna corn with a K? Like, okay, not just like buttery sweetness. Mm-hmm. We have chaos gods. Uh, the one you tried to pronounce earlier, and I can't, I, it, because of the T, T-Z-E. It's just ignore the Z, or ignore oh, that T. Okay, Zinch. Zinch. So we have Zinch. We also have the 
Oh, where'd it go? Dark Tide Candle. Yeah. Ooh, that's new. Yeah. So we've got quite a few candle scents here that you can pick from. Uh, but nonetheless, all of them are $22.99 and all of them have very descriptive scents. <laughs> descriptive with quotation marks mm-hmm. <laughs> but I will say they also last 22 hours approximately here on the website so yeah if you want to get yours it's going to be in the link in the show notes below so there's your crazy kooky item for the this episode mango ah, so crazy so cookie cookie that's so cookie <laughs> All right. And for my news, I'm going to keep it kind of like way more chill than smelling Nurgle's fart bubble or whatever the fuck he was just talking about. I'm just going to talk about uh, in the next few months. And by few months, I mean like the next month or two, supposedly Warhammer Dark Tide is finally going to be released on Xbox Series X and S. And with this, you guys are going to be getting a brand new trailer. But with that, also for PC players, there's also going to be a huge update, which is supposed to have a new class overhaul. Players will put points into any. Oh, they're gonna add, they're adding three talent trees. It looks like. Oh, nice. Yeah. I have not played since release, so that's really cool, actually. But it's gonna unlock new skills and enhancements and stuff like that. And it's essentially supposed to make it a more customizable play. Which I'm here for because I love my customizable play. Oh, here we go. It's uh, October 4th. It's releasing on October 4th. Okay. So not too far off then. Not too far at all. But it will also be available on Xbox Game Pass from day one for those of you that don't like wasting money or spending money, I should say. It's, it is a fun game. I'm excited for that because that means I get to play for free. <laughs> <laughs> I've had to watch over people's shoulders as they played. <laughs> it is, it's, it's, it's a fun game. It's just on release. It had some issues. So, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to jump in here again and I'm going to, I'm going to interrupt the crap out of you. That was a, that was a really cool article and all, but you know, what else is really cool. Our patrons, our patrons, we don't have a Patreon yet. So no, no patrons. <laughs> I, if only I had a way to convince the person in charge of the patron Patreon to get his ass in gear. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, okay. So explanation time. Patreon is still incoming. Should be dropped within the next week. Hit a little bit of a snafu. Long story short, I have to finish a couple art designs. I thought I could launch a Patreon and drop the art designs later for the merch items that you'll be receiving at the $25 tier and above. You cannot. You have to do it all in one go now. They do not let you drop it later on and they will not kind of like backdate. So we all have to, we have to drop it all at once to make sure everybody gets their stuff on time. It's a pain. So yes, patience coming i promise i just have to finish three more designs <laughs> no pressure That's not too bad no no but uh no i was gonna say do you know what else is awesome and exciting our sponsors mm-hmm. <laughs> i forget we have those because we have those <laughs> it's not mine <laughs> no i'm just kidding so i'm gonna steal Ariel's thunder here uh if you want to roll on over to our lovely fanrolldice.com 
You can pick from an assortment. <laughs> you can pick from an assortment of different dice, dice trays, you know, dice towers, bags, the, the lot. They even have, I kid you not, a spin top dice. I got it while we were at Gen Con. It's freaking awesome. It is exactly as I described. It is a spin top dice. <laughs> but you can get all these dice for a lovely, lovely low price. In addition to that, you can also save 10% off if you use the code AlmightyC10. I got it wrong last episode. So it is AlmightyC10. You can save yourself 10% off. In addition to that, once you saved yourself 10% off there, you can go over and switch over to NixieGaming.com and use the promo code LOZLORE and get 10% off some Gucci, Gucci, Gucci controllers and different assortments of items for your Nintendo Switch. And I believe they are doing things for the Steam Deck as well. So yeah, yeah, they got different attachments and stuff for the Steam Deck extended. I think they have a battery extension for the Steam Deck on there too. But right now their newest item is none other than the Nintendo GameCube controller that is wireless and does link via docking to your Nintendo Switch. So. If you want to check those out, be sure to go to nixiegaming.com and use the promo code LOZLORE and save yourself 10% off. So there's our two sponsors, and we're working on more. <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks. <laughs> so sponsors and everything out of the way. I do want to update everybody on one last thing before we end the mid-break. The Twitter is incoming. I have to finalize a few other pieces, but actually that should be up by the time this episode posts, if not before that. Uh, so we'll include that in the show notes where you can go find our Twitter. The issue I'm having there is I have too many Twitters. So I have to create a new email. <laughs> and I can't use my phone number anymore because it won't let me attach any more Twitters to my phone number. So, <laughs> so yes, we will have the Twitter up and running soon once I figure out logistics for that because Twitter uh, now known as X is a pain in my ass anyway moving on we're done <laughs> welcome back for that mid break hopefully those sponsors really helped you out hopefully the Patreon exists at some point in the new in the new by future <laughs> I uh I know I I I want the merch. <laughs> <laughs> I want you guys to have the merch, but I'm just being real with you guys. I'm a very honest person. I want the merch. Are you gonna pay into our own Patreon? I <laughs> probably will. I'm not gonna lie. I like merch. I I am a nerdy person. I don't buy. I've owned the same clothes. <laughs> the only new clothes I get is every year for Christmas, because people know I wear the same clothes. I'm not a clothes person. So every time, every shirt I'm, I'm wearing the. Legend, I'm wearing the Legend of Zelda shirt right now. <laughs> I saw that. It's such a nice design, too. <laughs> uh, but yeah, gosh. hopefully all of that gets caught up here soon. You ready to get into some more factions? Let's do this. All right, next up, we're going to hit up the Tau. It's going to be super simple, honestly. The Tau is broken up into technically five different groups. They know what they're doing. So you've got fire, earth, water, air, and then what's known as Farsight's faction. 
Fire is your military. Earth is your scientific research and construction. Water is your like dip- diplomatic people at administration level. Air, obviously, aviation, interstellar travel. And then Farsight's faction is just a dude named Farsight who kind of started doing his own thing. <laughs> There's reasons, but technically he's a separate faction. Technically he's not. He's got the same kind of ranking structure. I could be wrong. I just, I personally have not seen any concrete proof that he openly rebelled against the rest of the Tau. This is one of those moments where, by all means, hit me up in the Discord, hit me up on Twitter. Let me know if you have any info. All I know is some some stuff went down. I know I know a little bit. I just don't want to go into too much detail. Some stuff went down, and he's considered a separate faction. But I don't know if he openly rebelled or if it's just like mainstream propaganda. Okay, I do have one question before we move on from these guys. Okay. What is with the elemental names? They're a very kind of like uh, we worship the ancestor type vibe people. Mm, okay. That's not strictly how it is, but that's that's the vibe as they very much like a fire, earth, water. Like it's not necessarily it, it is because of the elements, but it's not because the it, it's. Yeah. I know that's answered all of your questions, I'm sure. Oh, of course. So <laughs> the the other thing I want to make mention here is the Tau are like, they honestly remind me of the Avatar. Like the movie, not not the anime. Are you talking about uh, blue people? Blue people, yeah. Yes, 100%. They, they're very much... Honestly, even, honestly, picture those people, but they learned how to space travel and also like Gundam. That's the Tau. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's what I'm reading here is, is that when the first contact was made with them back in the 31st millennia they were considered like stone age level of intelligence yep and then just like super quickly they were like oh space travel you guys came from space okay we're gonna learn how to do that now and just like wipe the floor with it before the leagues of votan they are they were by far the youngest race they like you said, they were found by the Imperium of Man, or the Imperium. And uh, they were like, mm, these are weird people, but they're Xenos, we need to take them out. Then a warp storm cut cut, cut them, basically surrounded their like one planet, cut them off. A couple years goes by, and they had skyrocketed there to somehow, some, whether they could have been in the warp, nobody really knows. Um, all of a sudden, they were 500 years more advanced, or 5,000 years more advanced, something like that. And they were their own space-faring faction. That is insane. I can't wait to talk about these guys too, because there's they've got a lot of cool principles and like there's special things with their names too. Like it, I can I can say without a doubt, yeah, their name their naming structure is really cool. I can say without a doubt, uh, GW created these guys to bring in weebs. No doubt in my mind. Well, I mean, one of their one of their titles is battle suit leaders, and they yep. definitely look like Gundams, like oh, straight yeah. up old school Gundams. I, ha- I have a buddy who's obsessed with Gundams. He he like he didn't work today because all he wa- he's, he literally said he's going to play Armored Core until he passes out and like falls out of his chair. 
<laughs> he's obsessed with like Gundams <laughs> and like robots and stuff like that. I showed him Tau and he was like, holy shit, that is a that is fully a Gundam. I went to a tournament where a guy didn't have the model he wanted and couldn't build it in time for this tournament. So he literally bought, brought a Gundam and it wasn't until he told people what it was that anyone other than Gundam fans knew it wasn't a Tau model. <laughs> oh my gosh oh jeez well okay so okay so that's the towel if you're that looking for a see the towel interests me a little bit I'm not gonna lie and it is more so their capabilities in game that I read about which is their more ranged combat oh yeah you could fuck them up in combat and melee yeah. combat yeah, well, and that's the thing is, is that they interest me because I like being able to strategize from a distance. The whole Gundam thing kind of turns me off just because they're big, bulky robots. So, but we'll get to my choices in game at another episode. But that's the towel. <laughs> the only battle I absolutely decimated in a tournament was against the towel. And that's because he brought two big ass robots and then a bunch of little troops. And I fucked him up in melee combat. I took his robots down with axes and wolves. Space, wolves, space, wolves, space, wolves, space, wolves. wolves. Anyway, the Tyranids. Tyranids, Tyranids. They are known, so the Tyranids break up and they are known as hive fleets whenever they go separate. They are one big hive mind, but the hive mind sends out tendrils of basic, like battalions Mm -hmm. that do their own thing across the galaxy. Um, some tendrils have developed specialities, while others just kind of do their thing. The thing about Nids is that they are linked as a hive mind. Uh, the thing about Nids is they are linked as a hive mind. So any specializations, honestly, are just coincidental, um, and arguably would go away literally the next time they fought if the Nids didn't think it was needed for that fight. You could argue that the difference between the fleets is it's just a hive mind testing what works against what army they're fighting basically so they, basically they, adapt, they they're they adapt to every situation so i was gonna say so basically it's just one giant supercomputer and they send information to the other pieces when they go against different enemies, like the necessary pieces, like we're going against space Marines. So now I need you guys to be big, bulky and scary and also like hit hard, hit fast. Yeah. Uh, And even deeper than, even deeper than that, if they go to a place where there's really high walls, they learn how to dig or they learn how to fly. If they go to a place where everything is covered in like toxic waste, they figure out a way to breathe toxic waste or they fly above the toxic and stuff like that. Uh, They, they adapt to each fight per each fight their tactic is literally throw globs of whatever as just a first wave and then once all that shit dies they construct new because the hive mind is it's just it's just flesh it's just biomass there there isn't a bunch of stuff scurrying around their little ships it's just a pool of bio and they construct whatever they need out of it that's insane. No wonder these things are the scourge of the universe. They are truly terrifying. And for those of you listening, I do want to talk about gene stiller cults, but there is no quick way to go through it. Uh, 
I'm going to try and just like really quickly skim over it. Basically, in an effort to learn better ways to conquer planets, they started sending out what's known as gene stealers. They land on a planet. They hypnotize a random person. That person goes home and fucks his wife. Wife gives birth to a full-blown nid. That's a first-generation gene stealer. That nid goes out, and the hypnotization... Hip, hip, they keep hypnotizing around them. And by about the fourth generation, it just straight up looks like a, a regular person, except they have like little nubs on their forehead. So they wear scarves and stuff around their head. And then after they get, it's called a cult, Gene Stiller cult. Once they get so many, then the nids will show up and attack and the Gene Stiller cults attack from within. Um, that is about as quick as I can make that. Holy shit. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> the uh, the fun trivia I found on this, everybody who's already a Warhammer fan already knows this, but they are extremely similar to Xenomorphs, designed by HR. I never can pronounce his name right. Ge- Geiger? It's the Xenomorphs from the Alien series. <laughs> uh, remarkably similar, yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I... I when I started reading up on these and I Daniel from the other pod was telling me about him I was like that's that's that's, that's frick Xenomorphs like <laughs> 100% like and he was telling me about Gene Steeler 100% Xenomorphs <laughs> so uh yeah no they they creep can't really argue with that much yeah <laughs> who's next next up is the Eldar uh, the Ooh. Eldar gets separated into six different factions um they're all pretty much the same. It's just how they go about their lives that changes. So we have the Asinar, uh, the Asir Yari, Yani, Asir Yani, or the Craft World, uh, Craft World Eldari. These are the like the ba- the basic. This is this is a spell. This is a space elf without trauma. <laughs> uh, we have the Aldari Corsairs, space elf pirates. It's what happens whenever your parents do everything right and your still comes out kind of a dick. <laughs> uh, the, these guys usually come from craft worlds. Uh, we have the Drukari. These are uh, what the fuck personified. These are dark elves, but less edgy and way more sexy, but like in a bad way. <laughs> we we have the Harlequins, which are theater geeks gone way too far. Like if Edward from Twilight was edgy and like super into murder. <laughs> oh, and they're like really into clowns. It's the whole Harlequin thing. Uh, we have Exodites. These are Amish elves. When everybody else was doing crazy shit and like being horny, which was what happened, which is what broke everybody up into these separate factions. These dudes, they, they, they heard somebody preach about the D.A.R.E. program from the 90s and they said, come on, Jebediah, we got to leave before these delinquents test uh, taint us. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if they're commonly referred to as Amish space elves, but I talk about them being Amish all the time, and I've never heard anybody. Like everybody just immediately knows who I'm talking about. <laughs> and then a newer-ish faction is the Yunari, and this is a religious sect compromised of they can be from any faction. They're trying to essentially create a new god of death. Okay, so <laughs> I did want to talk about this one real quick. Okay. 
I don't want to go too in depth because it's a whole episode. There are trigger warnings after you've already explained some of it to me. Yeah, yeah, I haven't. The, the biggest reason I haven't gone super in depth for anyone very curious, um, the elves as a whole are going to need a trigger warning. And since mm-hmm. one has not been given for this episode, I don't want to talk about them too, too much. The only thing I wanted to mention here was you said they're trying to create their own deity. The reason is because they don't want to be consumed by Slanesh. I did find that in my research. Yes. So they're trying to be avo- they're trying to avoid being consumed their spirits being consumed by Slanesh. So they're taking measures in their own hands and trying to create their own deity in the yes. most blocked ways possible. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, I, I would argue the second most fucked way possible. Okay. All right. Because, yep. you know. <laughs> True. Uh, next faction is the Adeptus Mechanicus. Real simple <gasps> faction. Uh, they lo- they love machines. They handle all things machine. They make the weapons. The, they fix the robots. Um, they, they If there's a machine, if it goes clickety-clunk, they take care of it. The only truly strange thing about these guys is uh, canonically, to my knowledge, it's canonically, um, they are obsessed with fucking toasters. They're not obsessed with toasters. They're obsessed with sexual intercourse with toasters. Uh, I I found out why. Can I spill the beans as to why? By all means. It's so much fun to talk about. They do this this because it feels like it's the only way they can get close to the machine god. Yup. That is is so screwed. Yeah. Hey guys, I found a way to get close to the machine god. We got a sticker dick and a toaster. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) And then there's the Dark Mechanicum, which is the exact same as the Adeptus Mechanicus. They just, they're on the chaos side of things. Uh, And they they use the warp. Uh, Basically, instead of batteries, they use the warp. A lot of times they'll put demons and things to power stuff. Um... It's ju- it's the difference between light magic and dark magic, but science. Can I just say I really wanted to like these guys, and I still kind of do, <laughs> except for I don't think I'll ever have an army because I cannot get the image out of my head that these really cool, badass-looking minifigs are fucking toasters on their off time. I just... I can't... <laughs> Honestly, the big the big thing for me is that they can't. They're they're obsessed with having ar- so many arms. It's a weird fixation. But I've I've never seen an ad mech that doesn't have like fucking eight arms. I mean, I would I, if I could give myself more arms. I definitely would. I just I can't. I don't I don't have a reason. I just don't like it. <laughs> but anyway. The leagues of or the League of Votan. <laughs> uh, these guys replaced the Squats. So for years there was a, a race of forty k dwarves called the Squats. They were technically ab humans, where they lived on a planet with a lot of gravity. So they grew up both underground and shorter. Um, GW's explanation of why they got rid of Squats: uh, basically, one day in the lore, uh, Tyranids just came and killed all the Squats. 
except for the like eight that weren't home stuff. There's some like mercenaries out there, stuff like that. GW's explanation for doing that was that they felt they had disrespected the, the dwarven archetype. Like they were called squats. Their rules weren't very good. Their lore was kind of stupid. They weren't a fan. The fan belief is more so they weren't making a lot of money off of them. Mm. And GW kind of does this thing where they're like, when in doubt, send the nids after them. (laughs) (laughs) But now we have the League of Votan. They're a lot more fleshed out. Uh, They are admittedly much cooler. They have their whole own thing. Um, they are still they are they're they're still squats. They're just squats who found a purpose, kind of. Um, we'll go. Uh, we'll go. They're still kind of releasing a lot of lore on them. There's a lot of lore already out, but we'll, we'll get deeper into them once a lot more stuff kind of gets fleshed out. I don't want Jib. I don't want uh, GW to pull a tricky one. I don't want to talk about them right now. In the two weeks from now, they'll be like, actually. Um, actually, um, glasses get pushed up. Uh, <laughs> actually, uh, uh, so uh, we're just going to go. Do you have any questions? Anything? Um, no, but I do want to, I do want to, I wanted to mention something, a nice little interesting fact for you here about these guys. Mm-hmm. So originally on April 1st, 2022, Games Workshop announced that the squats would be returning as a fully playable faction in Warhammer 40k. However, because the announcement was made on April Fool's Day, a lot of fans never... Yeah, they thought it was a complete joke. And then... Go ahead. The next day, because of this, Games Workshop actually published a second publication notifying everyone that it was true and will be fully fleshed out faction in the ninth edition of Warhammer. You known as the no, League of Votan. <laughs> you have no idea the discourse. There's like four of us in my office at work that play 40k or care about the lore. The amount of arguing we did about whether or not that was real because it came out <laughs> on the first. <laughs> Terrible timing, Game Workshop. Terrible Just timing. A- dick move (laughs) (laughs) so anyway sorry yeah yeah, there's your interesting fact Uh, (laughs) I thought it was too funny not to share Uh, next up we'll talk about the knights Um, just gonna go through some quick things here Uh, we got uh, house race so knights are separated into like noble houses rather than like clans or anything like that the biggest one by far is house raven Uh, many knight houses there, there are a lot of night houses, but they fluctuate a lot because they will either dominate a battlefield or get completely fucking stomped. Uh, like lore wise, they it's very it's very wishy washy about how powerful they are. Really, depend. It's one of those where it depends on who's writing that book. Um, free blades are they don't have a house; they're just anybody who pay gives them some money, they'll go fight for. Uh, and there are multiple types of knights. Those of you who watched my stream or saw my YouTube video, I built uh, a knight Castellan. And that's just because I play Space Wolves and I thought it'd be funny if I had a gigantic knight that shot things with a lot of guns. <laughs> On the flip side of that, you have Chaos Knights, same basic principle. The only difference, the, there's just a few differences. They have less full houses, but the houses do exist. Like there are houses that fully went over to Chaos. 
Uh, there's a lot more individualistic, like free blades. Um, they have two different kinds of houses, which is the iconoclast uh, uh, houses, which seek in, seek conquest instead of honor, and they their fealty is to the chaos gods. They directly serve the chaos gods, and then you have the infernal houses, which uh, they serve the dark mechanicum, and kind of do shit for them. Okay, so giant fighting robots. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> I do want to make mention that I did find a Night Warden miniature from a long time ago. It legitimately looked like a mushroom to me, like a robotic mushroom with big fucking cannons Hilarious. on it. <laughs> I should I should point out I call them robots because they are of course robots, but they're they are technically mechs. They are piloted by a person. Mm-hmm. Um. Hence, the, the houses aren't a bunch of robots. The houses aren't people in the house that use the suits to go fight things. I'm going to send you this image that I found just so you could laugh as hard as I can. Uh, <laughs> that is... It looks like a robot mushroom. <laughs> that's Blastoise. It's Blastoise for sure. That is... there's That is... They ripped off Blastoise. Uh, <laughs> I do... I do... But I bring that image up because I'm looking... I went through these specifically to look at how Games Workshop has evolved these over the generations. And I... They went from, like, these short ones to some of them I found were literally robot stick figures with, like, one gun. Some of these were, like, skeletal figures with, like, guns for hands and a flag on their back. One of them was even a bipedal bird head with a gun mounted on top. That was it. They've seen some changes, that is for sure. Yes, I will say so far of all the factions that I've looked up for this podcast, these have gone through some of the most aggressive and extreme changes over the generations, and I'm here for it. I'm so glad they did. Because, honestly, if I had to fight with a bipedal bird with a gun on its head, I would be so mad. (laughs) I'd be playing 37 generation Pokemon. (laughs) But yeah, so these, yeah, I I actually kind of like these. Next faction is Adeptus Soriartus. I am excited to talk about this one. Let's go. I'm ready. Uh, I want to say technically they're also called the Sisters of Battle, but that's also technically not true because they have many different orders. The main branch is the Order's Militant, which is the Battle Sisters or the Sisters of Battle. Um, At least that is my understanding of it. I feel like every time I read one of their books, they change how that is structured about how Sisters of Battle isn't Battle Sisters, but then sometimes they are. It's it's weird. But there are non-militant. There are also non-militant orders which have different roles of responsibility. Sometimes it's like a ner- like they're uh, a really popular one is like nurses, almost mm-hmm. like, like like nuns kind of, yeah, uh, like not like nuns in a hospital that kind of stuff. Some are just like clerical. It just really they go where they're needed essentially. But they are hyper religious, like even for the Imperium, hyper religious. Hmm. Um, again, I would go into more detail. Not a trigger warning episode. <laughs> Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I do want to say this. From the research I found, they have a lot of powerful tools at their exposure. exposure. Yeah, can't say the word. They have a lot of powerful tools at their leisure. They're incredibly rare and they're all holy artifacts. They are insane. They are in a lot of circles. They are considered non-mutated space marines. Space Marines, whenever they created, are gone, are gone through a ton of like gene manipulation and surgery to make them Space Marines. So even outside of armor, they're like literally superhuman. Uh, Sisters of Battle are all of that without the surgery and genetic manipulation. Mm-hmm. They are a lot of time because of their gear and weaponry in a lot of circles considered a, 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 like a weird outlying faction of Space Marines. Yeah, I mean, to let you know how badass they truly are, besides that description, they're called the Daughters of the Emperor yep. at one point. They're, they're literally battle They're battle nuns. The, yeah, they're badasses is what they are. <laughs> I looked and up how much it would cost to have an army of just them. Yeah, you can't you can't play just an army of just them. <laughs> they cost too much to put on the table. It depends on how you go about it. I've played. I've played against sisters of battle. I'm just saying. I wanted a table of nothing but them. This is how badass they are. <laughs> yeah, there's there's uh there's full armies of sisters of battle. Is there? Okay, we're gonna have to. We'll we'll, we'll save this for the sisters of yeah, battle episode. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that a different late. I just wanted to go ahead and <laughs> notify you before I got blown up. Uh, <laughs> next faction, mm-hmm. the uh, officio assassinorum, or the imperial assassins. I, I honestly wasn't sure if this should be its own separate thing or if I should tack it onto like Astro Militarum or anything like that. But honestly, they have a, there's a lot of faction, a lot of like groups with their own specializations and stuff like that. Um, so I'm kind, I'm, I'm, I'm probably gonna honestly do this is gonna be one of those that I do a full episode on. Um, and I have it all saved, but it's right here. Too bad you guys are over there and not looking at my screen. <laughs> Get wrecked, losers. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Can I just say my first opinion? I mean, like my first thoughts on seeing some of these characters. Hmm. Uh, Mr. X. Like from X Men? Sorry, no, he- I meant, okay. <laughs> I meant the X program. So Wolverine? Yeah, very much Weapon X program here. That does hold true for a lot of these. <laughs> I, I would argue, and I would argue, and say closer to um, the dumbass thing in DC, the assassins. Something oh, in shadow. Yeah, I I can't remember. I don't do Raisa, don't. Ra- Rachel Ghoul for all of you DC nerds out there. That that those people. I would argue and say that's closer to what these guys are. I just want to say the one thing that stood out to me here was human mutant Xenos hybrids. Yeah, there's some weird stuff that go on in some of these mm-hmm. factions. That's why I was like Weapon X program. There's, right now. Well, there, there's certain groups that they'll, they'll train for their whole life and then they literally get like dropped in a tube into like behind enemy lines and they're basically like you're not coming back. You succeed in your mission and then you die. 
because they don't we don't want you we're just using you oh my gosh the Imperium are a bunch of assholes <laughs> and speaking of gargantuan human assholes just the biggest dicks around not swinging dicks just like in their face you know what I mean the Inquisitorious or the Order of in- <laughs> the Order of Inquisitors. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. Everybody expects and hates the Imperium Inquisition. These guys are separated into three main orders, which is the Ordo, uh, Ordo Malleus, which is uh, they, they specifically go after demons and demonic uprisings, things like that. Um, or I shouldn't say go after. That's what they're looking for. They'll walk right past an alien and just flip him off. Be like, I fucking hate you, but I know there's a demon. I'm going out. <laughs> I'm going over there. We've got the Ordo Hereticus, which is they, they go out of their way to, um, to find heresy. These are the guys that everybody truly hates. These are the like Templars from the movie. These are the guy where like, if you blink when you're standing at attention, they're like, heretic! And they'll burn your whole fucking village down to prove <laughs> their loyalty to the Emperor. I fucking... Uh, one of the reasons I love the Space Wolves is because the, Inqui- the, uh, the Inquisitors have been going after the Space Wolves for years because the Space Wolves don't answer to the Inquis- Inquisition. The, in- the Inquisition has zero authority over the Space Wolves. They answer to the Emperor and the Emperor alone. Uh, so the, the Inquisition is constantly like uh, uh, you eat meat heretic and they'll like whip their dicks out and piss on their face because there's nothing they can do about it <laughs> space wolves <laughs> and then there's the Ordo Xenos surprise surprise uh, these guys go after alien forces I don't know why there's an inqu- inquisition dedicated to this like genuinely it makes no, like how do you how do you like I understand there being a group of people that want to hunt down Xenos I don't understand why there's an inquisition group dedicated to it you're going to go to a town and see if they're harboring an alien that feels like a really small group of people <laughs> you know what I mean everybody hates everybody I do want to throw out one quick fact about the uh, inquisition that's because I very recently learned this the very first time, the person who created the Ordo Hereticus, or the the order that goes that finds heretics, the person who created it created it to go after the Space Wolves. He literally formed a group of I want to say it was Dark Angels and a bunch of, like the, like there was some Astra Militarum and they were going to invade Fenris, calling them heretics. It's not the, it's also not the last time this happened. But this is the first time it happened. Uh, he did all of this and then come to find out he was a demon changeling. Who was what trying the to, f- he was trying to incite war. Oh my gosh. And they and, just and they still keep it up to this day. What's crazy to me is that's not the first time it happened. <laughs> <laughs> or no, that was the first time, but it worked more than once. <laughs> Oh my gosh! So I do, I do want to read a little blurb on these guys before I move forward. So I found some stuff about heresy and their understanding of heresy in our research. And if it you breathe, says, you're a heretic. <laughs> it says that they truly believe to understand chaos is to be consumed by it, and such dealings with the horrors of the warp 
require a near heretical interaction with the forces of chaos. So they are actively trying to deal with the warp on a daily basis. But also, if you try to understand chaos, they consider it you being consumed by it. So you are effectively called a heretic and put down. Oh, yeah. The the and uh, the inquisitors are full of fucking uh, hypocrites. Just I cannot tell you. I, I've, I've read a lot of lore. There are some really cool things that have been done by inquisitors. There's some really cool inquisitors. I cannot tell you how many bad guys there are, both in the evil and the fact that they betrayed people. The first Space Marine game, just the Warhammer 40k Space Marine, the bad guy was the fucking Inquisitor that you were there to save. Spoilers, <laughs> but the game's 20 years old. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't played it by now, you're not going to play it ever. <laughs> yeah, I, I've I read a little blurb on some of these guys, some of like the big known Inquisitor heads. One of them, it, it's, it, it was insane. It was... He was he firmly believed that the Imperium's only hope for survival was to eradicate all other races in the galaxy. What? Yeah. That 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 was just a taste of the ridiculousness from the Inquisitors. Like when you said they're one of the most hypocritical faction, you you're not kidding. Everything about them is hypocritical. One of them one of them is the bearers of the seal and you have to be judged worthy by the emperor but the emperor really doesn't do shit with you like it's a whole fucking thing and you're like what so you guys literally just you are already insane if you are an inquisitor it's pretty much known that you're already just fucking insane have you seen the anime adaptation of Castlevania okay Castlevania okay have you seen it yeah, yeah, Castlevania I have, yeah. Okay. Um do you know the ch- the the dude from the church that burned Dracula's wife alive and then like when the demons came to kill him he was like this is a house of god you can't defeat me I was doing what was right. That's the entirety of the inquisition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. So I thought the Inquisition was going to be pretty cool when I was like, ah, demon fighters. Nope. After the research, uh, all Inquisitors are dicks. They all need to just be eradicated. They've done some really cool stuff. There are some very specific individual. Even if the individual was an asshole, what he did was really cool. But as a group, they are, even in lore, they're very hated by everyone, but like the most pious and even there's even a lot of times where the most pious are just like, I don't know, you're kind of a dick, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I will, I will say, I got to witness this uh, in the mobile game. The orcs were talking mad shit about the Inquisitors. <laughs> just a group full of, just a group full of, uh, just douches. I'm trying to think of something funny, but I can't. I hate the Inquisitors. <laughs> <laughs> And the worst part is, like, they got all kinds of cool shit. Like, I read on it that basically the three factions you mentioned were alien hunters, demon hunters, and witch hunters. And 
what I found was is they will each faction will steal artifacts and weapons from what they're hunting and use them against them. Yes, all the time. Which is, according to their rules, extremely no no. Oh yeah, an extreme no no. If uh, an, uh, an inquisitor walks in your house and you have a pin that was made by the Eldar, you're getting burned alive. Then they're going to take that pin and go write a letter. <laughs> <laughs> it's just insane how kick-ass some of the stories I found were. But like you said, just they're just a bunch complete, of douchebags. They're just a bunch of dicks. It, yeah, no. Wait, I, we could just keep going on about this, <laughs> but I think the Inquisitors have earned their rights to have their own episodes. Oh yeah. Did you learn anything today, Crit? I did. I learned that Inquisitors are dicks and Orcs are awesome. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, we've been talking for two hours, and really, that's all I wanted to get across to you. So, mission accomplished. All right. So, so I know. <laughs> What <laughs> to look forward to next episode? We're talking orcs, right? Just all orc all the time. Oh yeah, fun with the boys. <laughs> Gotta get my teeths. Your teeths? My teeths. It's the teeths. <laughs> teeths. Uh, all right. Well, I guess that's it. You want to sign us out, Mango? Let's do it. Thank you, everybody, for joining us on week two of our Warhammer 40k Lorecast. It was a blast talking to all of you. This is Naked Mango signing off with something I have to bleep out because we'll get sued. <laughs> Copyright infringement. All right. We'll see y'all later. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Warhammer Lorecast. If you like the show, please leave a five-star review. Tell a friend. That's how we grow. And stay tuned on that Patreon coming soon. And finally, shortly within the next week, we'll have our Twitter up and running. Make sure you reach out to us. Tell us what you think. And of course, show us those armies. Until next time, dear listener. Remember, in the 41st millennia, there is only war.